Well, if I see occupancy going down or going way up, I'll go and try to sit down with the property manager. I'm not always as successful at them doing that with me, but I pick their brain to see what they're doing. You're listening to The Life and Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, hey, everyone. Annie Dickerson here. And on behalf of the fabulous Julie Lamb, we are very excited to welcome you to our summer series where we're talking to members of the Good Egg team. And today we are thrilled to have on the show our asset manager, Stephen Bonifield. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleased to be here. Yes. Well, so many of our investors, they're focused on the acquisitions piece of a real estate deal. And rightfully so, you know, it's a big deal choosing the market and the asset and really learning about the ins and outs of the business plan. But asset management is so incredibly important because that's where the rubber meets the road, right? That's where you actually have to take the business plan that we put down on paper and make it come to life. And there's all sorts of things that come up along the way when you navigate that business plan. So before we dive into asset management, start by telling us a little bit about your journey and how you got into the world of asset management in the first place. Sure. So I was born in a small town in Indiana. My father was a college professor and he had a PhD in economics. So I grew up with pretty good background, analytic background and analysis of, believe it or not, macro and microeconomics, even when I was in grade school. So I had a great influence in that respect. And as I progressed through school and went to college, I was actually going to be the next Jacques Cousteau, believe it or not. And I grew up in the middle of landlocked Indiana, but I was very much into water and scuba diving and sailing, even as a younger person. What ended up happening is I went and lived in Europe for a year. I played professional basketball in Europe for a year. And when I came back, I joined a gentleman and started a construction company. During my summers of school, in high school and college, I was with a company where we built nursing homes. And I was very much into construction. And he had offered to partner with me upon my return. And long story short, we partnered for a few years. And then I ended up managing capital improvements for a very large national real estate company that was called Smith Barney Real Estate at that point, which kind of dates my age because Smith Barney is no longer around anymore. And to make a very long career short, I just progressed moving up the ladder. I started taking over properties as a manager, and then I became a district manager, regional manager, and then a vice president. And then with a company where I became the asset manager, over 15,000 apartments, and I was based in Atlanta, Georgia at that point. From there, I became a real estate investment banker in Boston and New York City, and then went out on my own in the year 2000. At that point, I started purchasing my own real estate. I started doing deals with Lehman Brothers and also worked closely with Goldman Sachs. So we never ended up doing a deal, but we did kind of consult for each other on other deals. And then that kind of brings me to the present where I have sold most of my real estate. I still have some commercial real estate left and was fortunate enough to come across a great opportunity with Good Egg Investments. And the reason I'm an asset manager 
even though I did that years ago, was that was my favorite position where I felt I made the greatest impact on the properties. Okay. Before we get into the asset management stuff, I got to ask, I learn new stuff about you all the time, Steven, and maybe some other folks on the team already knew this about you, but you played professional basketball in Europe? Yes. It sounds a little greater than it was. I did get paid to play basketball and I was given a nice house to live in and traveled throughout Denmark, Sweden, and Germany. But back then, it wasn't as big as it is now. They have great salaries and great perks. And back then, you were allowed to have one American on each team. And so again, I was fortunate enough to hook up with a team and it was a wonderful experience, as you can imagine. So you were the token American. (laughs) I was very much so. (laughs) How funny. It's almost like affirmative action in a way. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that must be wonderful. Wonderful people. I actually was fortunate to live in Denmark. And I don't know if you know much about the Danish society, but they're just absolutely very social, very wonderful people. And it was very welcoming. Mm. Huga comes from the Danish, right? The concept What's of that? huga, you know, the little pleasures. Yes, the style, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. voted the number one country, you know, yeah. a lot of years in the world to right. live or the happiest people. I yeah, say. the happiest people. That's yeah. right. Well, what a great experience. And then you went on to construction. So tell me a little bit about, I'm trying to picture, were you like hard hat on swinging a hammer? Were you managing the construction? What role did you play in the construction? I managed when I was with Smith Barney or started with Smith Barney, which is now called Sentinel Real Estate, and they're still around. They're a very large company. I was managing large capital improvements. So we would go into a property that's, you know, say 20 or 30 years old and do all the roofs, or we would take off all the balconies and porches and replace with new. So I was responsible for, for making sure all that went well, gathering all the contracts, apples to apples, taking several bids and pulling permits and things like that, and then supervising it to the end. And I had a pickup truck. I kind of traveled around from town to town, wherever they had large capital projects going on. So I lived in several cities over those years. Yeah, I can imagine. And I don't know much about construction management, but it sounds like there must have been a lot of moving parts in those projects. There are a lot of moving parts and mainly it's really paying attention to what's going on and being there for every stage and being comfortable with the contractor you hire. It's not always, as probably most people know listening to this, it's not always the least expensive person you want to go with. It's the one that has good reputation, the proper insurance and great referrals. That's probably the most important and that's also going to make your life a lot easier. Well, I'm sure that attention to detail serves you well in the world of asset management. Asset management is all about attention to detail and having that vision for the overall direction of that property and the business plan. So now let's dive into asset management a little bit. Before we do, tell the listeners, some people get confused by asset management versus property management. So give us a high-level overview of what the two roles are. Sure. So property management is obviously the on-site people, day in and day out, managing the real estate. And I will have to tell you, since I've sat in that in that seat, I have a tremendous respect, especially the property manager, the person on-site, because this is an individual that's managing, in some instances, 
50, 60, $100 million business. They have to be jack of all trades. Now, it is a little different if you're buying a property. It's brand new. You're not going to have the construction issues, the maintenance issues. You're going to have a few maintenance issues, but everything's new. Everything's under warranty. So that's a little bit easier. You're focusing mostly on resident retention and leasing up the property and keeping it running as a well-oiled machine. Now, when properties get a little bit older, say in the 20-year to 30-year range, those type of properties often have tremendous opportunity because you can go in and you can upgrade the apartments on the inside and outside, perhaps a name change if a reputation needs to be changed. And that's where asset management comes in in a heavy direction. Asset managers are known as the owner's representative. So you want to be the guiding hand behind the property manager saying, okay, here's our goal. Here's how we're going to increase rents. Here's how we're going to make the property run better. And that asset manager is responsible for giving them the tools, which a lot of times is the capital, to make those things happen. Also, the asset manager is responsible for looking at the market and seeing trends because that person has to be kind of a city as a micro economic kind of view. But in respect to asset management, we're looking at a macro view as far as the market goes. We want to see what trends are going on. I follow retail as an example very closely. Each time I visit the property, I visit retail. For example, we have properties in Houston. So a lot of new retail strip centers called spec centers, they're not pre-leased have gone up. So I visit those each time to see what kind of progress is being made. Are they filling it up? Is it taking a long time? And retail is a very difficult type of real estate right now. And so I like to watch that because if retail is filling up, things are still good in that area is a general indicator. And then as far as my guidance to the property or to our partners, again, are just those macro views, trends, where I can give them advice, People that are listening in are entering real estate or in real estate. Sometimes you can just break it down to what I call the four P's people, price, product, and promotion. People on site, do you have a full staff? Are they good? Price, are you priced right compared to your competitors? Of course, that's an important thing we have to pay attention to. Product. If you're priced right, you have the right people and your product isn't ready, meaning the vacants are sitting there and they haven't been painted or cleaned or upgraded, if that's the program you're doing, nothing matters because you don't have a product to sell them. And then promotion is with our multimedia, signage, see balloons sometimes when you're going by a property that maybe has, it doesn't have great visibility. So all those things make a huge difference. But when things get complicated, if you just break it down to those four Ps, you can do a lot of good for your property. The four Ps. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so, okay. You mentioned something about going on site because I know that you visit our properties regularly, not just in the acquisitions phase when you're doing due diligence, but ongoing. So walk us through a little bit of during the acquisitions phase, when you're doing due diligence, what are some of the things that you're doing when you're visiting and on site? And then ongoing, what are some of the things that you're looking for? Sure. So when I go on site, which is one of my favorite things to do is I cherish those people on site because they're the front lines and without them, nothing would be happening. So a lot of my goal when I go on site is what's happened in the past. So each property is different. But generally, I will go and sit down with the property manager. I will try to motivate the leasing 
folks. I want to know their first names. Same with the maintenance people. I can talk the talk with the maintenance people. And again, because I sat in that chair, I know how important it is to the on-site people. When someone from ownership shows up and tells them, hey, you guys are doing a great job. It just means so much to them because you're there day in, day out, grinding away. And then someone comes in and says, hey, we're watching. We see the numbers. You're doing a great job in this particular area. Perhaps have you thought about doing this on the maintenance side? You know, we notice there are some maintenance tickets we keep carrying over from Friday to Monday. How can we perhaps get those maintenance tickets done so our residents are a little bit happier and we get a better reputation? These days, of course, on the internet, our rating goes up. Same thing with leasing. I visit our competitors every time I visit the property. We want to see what's going on there. We want to see what trends are going on. Are older properties upgrading? Are some newer properties struggling? And why are they struggling? Because we analyze that on a weekly basis through property management. They're reporting occupancy of their competitors. So if I see occupancy going down or going way up, I'll go and try to sit down with the property manager. I'm not always as successful at them doing that with me, but I pick their brain to see what they're doing. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day. Because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. Other things I do that I know a lot of asset managers don't do is I go back to the property in the evenings. So once the office is closed, that's one of the most important times to go back. And I also do that on acquisitions because what happens is one, I do security checks. I want to see if the lighting is working properly. Do we have some bad or dark spaces that perhaps we need to add some lighting? And even more importantly, I get to talk with residents. So I don't talk with residents as an owner. I talk with residents as looking for an apartment for my daughter. I have a whole thing I go through. So they're not uncomfortable talking to an owner, excuse me, owner's representative, but I'm looking out for my daughter. I want her to be in a nice place and safe. And so they open up 
and I can discover all sorts of things from the people. What we're doing wrong, what we're doing right. It's very quiet. We don't have enough parking. I wish the pool hours were a little bit longer. You never know what you're going to hear. But I tell you what, I have found out so much information, so much helpful information, because even the property people don't always, aren't always there at night. Some of them do live on site, so that's a great thing. But we all have lives, and they're not going to be back there every night to look at the lighting and talk with the residents. But I have found that extremely helpful, and I think it's extremely important to do. Yeah, just getting that... 360 degree perspective on not just what's on the surface level, but really what's going on at the property. And I think a lot of people, especially newer investors who are investing in their own property, sometimes they're scared to really know what's going on. (laughs) But I think once you're armed with that information of what's actually going on, that's when you can make those strategic decisions and really make the numbers as you're talking about, really make the numbers sing and really help to make the residents experience as optimal as it can be, which is why we're all in this business in the first place. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Even simpler than the four Ps is what we're doing, we're providing housing to people and we want to make that housing great. And because obviously it pays off for the ownership. If the housing's great, people are happy and we have quality people in there. So absolutely. Even if it's a duplex, face the problems. Don't just go, oh my gosh, this is going wrong again, or this plumbing issue, face it. Go face it. Let them know that you're going to take care of it. Let them know what you're doing. And it's so much better that way because the communication has to be open between everybody. Otherwise, they're just saying, oh, they never show up. They never fix anything. Just face it. Just go do it. And you'll be surprised how people react. Such good advice, Stephen. Ah. So many good nuggets here. So, all right. So we've gone into your background experience and we've talked a little bit about asset management and what that's all about. So now for the final part of the show, we're going to move into our life and money show spotlight round. You ready? I'm ready. All right. We're going to ask you three questions. We ask everyone. The first question is to share one thing that you're doing to live a meaningful and intentional life by design. Well, sure. That's pretty easy for me. My children are grown. I have three wonderful children. So I am now free to move about the world. And my favorite thing in the world to do is to sail. So I have a sailboat in Florida and I will travel down there and go out for a week at a time. And I can work from the sailboat, which is nice. I'm generally offshore at the most, maybe three miles And the majority of the time I have service, but as you know, I sent a pretty cool video of some dolphins that were following my sailboat last time and the most wonderful experience. I've had dolphins around my sailboat a lot, but I've never had them hang out with me for an hour and that's what happened. And that was just one of the greatest experience I've ever had. I also am an avid tennis player. I play in what's called the United States Tennis Association on teams and we play other teams from central Indiana And more than the tennis itself, the camaraderie that you have with your teammates is sort of like our Good Egg team. We are just, the Good Egg team is just obviously so special. We've just been together and can't say enough about our partners, but same thing in tennis. I'm on some just tremendous teams with some tremendous people. And it's really all about that. I love that. I love that with the sailing, you get to realize some of that Jacques Cousteau, those dreams that you had as a little boy and you've you've come full circle. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Second question, share with us a life or money hack that has really helped you on your journey that you think will help others as well. 
I have a great hack, and this is a hack. Well, it's going to be a little surprise to you, possibly, because it's not because it's not about real estate. I have given this advice to my children. I've been investing in stocks. I'm not so much ne- as much now as I'm very invested in real estate, or and was invested in real estate, and still have some. But when I was in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. I was heavily invested in the stock market. And one mistake that I made was, and this is the advice I've given to my children is, if you're going to sell a stock, which I sold a lot of stock, keep 20% of what you're planning to sell. Because I owned Apple at about $3 a share when I was maybe 31 years old. And if I had just kept 20% of that, my sailboat would be a lot bigger than it is. (laughs) But I really believe in that wholeheartedly. And it's something I told my kids. I said, listen, just if you're going to sell it, I get it. My son has bought Tesla and said, hey, I really made a great gain on that. And he sold it. And then we went up to $1,200 or it's not there now. But I think being my age, I think that's probably just a great piece of advice because I can tell you the things that I've sold are doing very well over time. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great tip. I've never heard that one before, but I love it. It's almost like a way to hedge your bets and just keep your money rolling forward for you. Keep 20%. I love that. It's a good one. All right. Final question for you, Stephen. What's one thing that you're doing to help make the world a better place? Sure. I have this saying, what is it? WWJD. And it means, what would Jesus do? And you won't find me a particularly religious person, but I'm very much a God-loving person. And I don't really like talking about this, but I, if someone is in need on the side of a highway, if I can possibly stop, I stop. Most of the time, they're already all set, don't need help, but they very much appreciate you stopping. I try to live my life like that. So it's not a difficult thing to do. To me, it's a wonderful thing to do. And you get back a lot more than you give living like that. And I was heavily involved in a domestic abuse shelter when we moved back from Boston in a smaller town in Indiana. And I was instrumental in making a final donation for that shelter to be built. And that was probably 15 years ago. And I volunteer at that shelter. I no longer volunteer there because I don't live in the area any longer. But I tutored children with their homework and being somewhat athletic, I would hang out in the gym with at the same time. And again, you get a lot more back than, <laughs> than you're giving. It's a wonderful experience to see smiles on kids' faces when things are kind of tough because their mom is in that shelter with them. And so that's what I try to do and try to live that every day. I'm certainly not perfect at it, but that's definitely my attitude. And I got that attitude from my family. My parents were very much the same way. Well, I think I speak for the whole Good Egg team when I say that it's very apparent that you have a heart of gold, Stephen. From the little things to the big things, you are soft and warm and fuzzy on the inside. And I know that you care deeply, not just about our residents, but about everybody that's around you. So we're so grateful to have you on the team. Steven, tell our listeners if they wanted to invest with us or learn more, what's the best place that they can go? Well, I would go on the Good Egg site. You guys are, I think, very humble people. I kind of hope I'm a humble person as well. We're not always the best judges of ourselves, but there's a lot of great information on the site. And you guys receive a lot of accolades from other people of Oh, of the product that you've put together and all the information and how you try to almost on a daily basis, put information out there for our investors. And one thing is so true and people just don't live it is that you just look out for the investors. You look out for those people that are investing with you in the most pure way. And when you do that, 
everything else takes care of itself. And that's certainly what I would say about Good Egg. And I'm just blessed to be on the team. And we are really, truly, every single team member, we are truly looking out for the investors and we want them to succeed along with us. So that's what I would do. Stephen Bonifield, Asset Manager at Good Egg Investments. Stephen, thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing your story and your wisdom with us. No problem. It's always good to see you. Take care. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations. 